Hey horror fans, it's Brian and you're listening to another episode of Talking Horror on Screen, the weekly, bi-weekly, whatever you want to call it, podcast where I talk about, you guessed it, horror on the big and small screen. And this, of course, branches out to other areas like action figures because I'm always finding stories from pop vinyl and what they're putting out and whatnot. But, um, you know, if it's in the world of horror and I think it's something worth listening, I scour the web, I look for news stories and the various things, I bring it to you. And then I usually give you a pick about what I'm watching and tell you what it's about. This uh, episode, not movie related, but I did watch some new um, TV in the world of horror and I want to recommend it. For starters, The Purge, okay? And I'm going to talk about that at the end. That'll be the review section. Um, there's only two episodes in it this time, so I can't go fully into it, but I'll give you my um, first impressions on that. And uh, Castle Rock wrapped up with its final episode, so I'll talk a little bit about that. And uh, we'll scour the web for whatever news stories I can find. So if that sounds like your cup of tea, you've come to the right place. Sit back, relax, and enjoy some talking horror on screen. Alright, so I want to get this out of the way right away. Let's talk Castle Rock's ending. And I'm not going to go into details per se about the ending. Just in case you haven't watched this show, I'm trying to. I'm not going to go into spoilers at all. But I want to tell you that um, maybe don't start this show. <laughs> Look, it was a great, great ride overall. I really enjoyed this show. Every episode up until the last few minutes and had you told me that next year season two is going to bring back these characters and tell us more of that story I'd be fine with it but knowing that J.J. Abrams had a hand in production of this show I knew from the beginning that things were probably going to be left unexplained and we might not be happy with the ending we got just like Lost and every other thing he does right and um, you know in my personal opinion I'm, I kind of feel like I would right um, it was like I said it was a great great ride up until the last episode but things end very anticlimactic. Uh, the final confrontation is kind of anticlimactic. And the ending, I don't like it. I'm sorry. I mean, it leaves too much to... Um, you won't, There's no resolution, per se. And all the stuff that happened in, like, episode 9, where, again, I don't want to go into spoilers too much, but let's just say there may be things about alternate realities and stuff, alternate versions of people. It seems like it may not even be a thing. So it feels like that was a waste of an episode. I could be wrong. I mean, maybe I'm interpreting it the wrong way. Maybe someone listening here can chime in, um, you know, give me a comment or leave an audio recording what you thought about the ending and what it actually meant. But in my personal opinion, I feel like it was just a, a cheap way to end the show. That's it. Otherwise, phenomenal. I really enjoyed every minute up until the ending. If I could have just stayed at episode 9, I probably would have been happy. But just that, you know, the way things wrap up at the end, you know, too much is left open. And that's just my opinion. Uh, but who knows? That can change down the road. Maybe they will be um, doing adding these characters back in a future season. We'll get some more resolution. All right, so uh, let's move on from there. All right, so you know what show looks really good? The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And whoever thought those words would come out of the B-Man's mouth? Uh, seriously, there is a trailer now. It's a teaser trailer. You can go check it out on YouTube. Uh, maybe I'll be able to tag it on at the end of this segment. If not, though, go check it out. Um, it's pretty quick. It's just pretty much like this chilling um, singing of the happy birthday song to Sabrina. And um, the images, it shows very quick images of like looking at her, maybe going to school, 
Um, they look like witches in the woods, this demonic figure coming through hell. Um, like, I guess the devil himself or some horned-like character. Very, very dark, creepy images. And um, this show looks really good. Just watching that trailer gave me chills. So, The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina comes out October 26th. It's going to be on Netflix, and um, I think it's from the people who put together the show Riverdale on the CW. I have not watched that show. Not so much into the soap opera stuff of Riverdale, but definitely into the supernatural. I can get behind that. So I'm looking forward to The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. And again, check out that teaser trailer. It's out now. All right, so the latest incarnation of The Predator called The Predator has come out this past weekend to mixed reviews. You know, some people like it, some don't. Um, I myself would love to see this movie. Didn't get a chance to see it this weekend. Maybe next weekend if I'm lucky. But uh, this particular story actually stems from the Rocky launch of the film. So it's had a lot of reshoots and stuff like that. It's had its issues, but all movies kind of do. But um, just before it kind of released, news broke that there was a registered sex offender involved in making this movie. He had a small scene, but I guess it was enough to make an uproar. They had to cut his scenes from the movie, and um, Olivia Munn wasn't happy about it. And she's one of the actresses, one of the main characters in the movie. I think she had a scene or so with this guy. Not a big, big part, but enough to make her upset, I guess, that she wasn't notified that she was working with this guy. Now, I don't know the details surrounding the circumstances. There's lots of degrees of sex offender. I mean, it's like the end... Um, of the spectrum where he's like a rapist or a child molester or something like that. And then there's the other end where he could have been a 19-year-old who slept with a 17-year-old, you know, when he was younger. And you can be put on the list for that too. So I don't know this guy's particular details. But um, going by the story that they have posted, it's probably in the higher end of bad. Uh, they don't go into the details. So, uh, this is the story that I guess that some people are upset about. Is the guy is a friend of the director, Shane Black, and he kind of got him the job. Um, didn't tell the people working on the movie that this guy, you know, had a record. So, they're kind of upset. So, here is Shane Black's statement. A reading by Brian. Here we go. Quote, Having read this morning's news reports, it has sadly become clear to me that I was misled by a friend I really wanted to believe was telling me the truth when he described the circumstances of his conviction. I believe strongly in giving people second chances, but sometimes you discover that chance is not as warranted as you may have hoped. After learning more about this affidavit, transcripts, and additional details surrounding Steve Striegel's sentence, I am deeply, deeply disappointed in myself. I apologize to all those of the past and present I have let down by having Steve around them without giving them a voice in the decision. Not good enough, says Munn, according to the Los Angeles Times. Quote, I don't accept Shane's apology. It wasn't given to me personally. A real apology has to be done privately, not just read publicly. And I read it with the rest of the world. So, I hope you like that reading. Now that my voice has just totally been destroyed, but <laughs> there you have it. The rocky background behind The Predator. Alright, so um, yeah, if you guys have seen that movie, let me know what you think. How is it with or without the deleted scenes? Is it worth checking out? Um, you know, I would like to see it at some point. It's very hard for me to get to the movies, but I definitely do want to see this movie with or without deleted scenes. All right, let's move on from here.
All right, so we're going to get into what I watched this week, what I'm recommending this episode, and that is the Purge TV series. And I come into this as a fresh face. I have never seen any of the movies, despite me talking in the past, how I was going to catch up, especially if the new one that just came out, what, 4th of July or so, it was called The First Purge. That seemed like a great time to come in. It was a prequel. It set things up. I just never got around to it. That's just the way it is. And I will get into it at some point. I really will, especially after watching the first two episodes of this show. So as of the time of this recording, there are only two episodes available. I think there's going to be 10 episodes total. The show airs, I think it's Tuesday night. So every Tuesday will be a new episode. Um, and I like it. I really do like it for what it is so far. Um, I wish I could watch the whole thing at one time, truthfully. <laughs> All right, so I'm going to give you the premise for this particular um, show. I'm going to read it off the Wikipedia. Here we go. Revolving around a 12-hour period when all crime, including vandalism, murder, arson, and theft is legal, set in an altered United States ruled by a totalitarian political party, the series follows several seemingly unrelated characters living in a small city. As the clock winds down, each character is forced to reckon with their past as they discover how far they will go to survive the night. So what this show does is it's going to be, I think, like I said, 10 episodes that take place over the night of The Purge. Uh, the first episode takes place actually before The Purge. It's like the hour or so leading up to it. And it is a pretty um, pretty big buildup. Like, I couldn't wait. I was like, come on, go already. Come on. I don't want to care. <laughs> you know, that first episode is all about setup. And then we get into the second episode, and it's Purge Night. It has begun. There is chaos on the streets. And our characters are starting to handle things in their own way. And this show focuses on several characters. Some seem like good guys. And some seem like they're morally gray. And then some just seem downright bad. <laughs> As is... Uh, that's the way people are, right? Alright, so let me see um, if I go through some of these characters real quick. Gabrielle Chavarria plays Miguel Guerrero a U.S. Marine who returns home on purge night after receiving a cryptic message from his sister, Penelope. Now, he's one of the characters that I'm going to say is like, he seems like he's a good guy. Now, I don't know. It's only two episodes in, so we could be missing some big things that have come into play. He could be Satan for all I know. But in the first two episodes, from what we've seen of this character, he seems like a decent guy. He's come back from the Marines. He's friendly to kids. You know, he's like this kids who are worried about the purge night. In the beginning, he's like, oh, don't worry. You'll be fine. Stay by your mom. Um, he's trying to find his younger sister and save her. She's like joined a cult or something. <laughs> and then, um, you know, he even stops in his pursuit to find his sister to save um, someone who's been shot. You know, tell him like, look, this is where the exit wound is. Try to heal here. So he's going around doing his thing. He wants to find his sister, but he's also trying to help people at the same time. And he's pretty badass. He's a pretty badass character. Very, very cool. Uh, next, we have Hannah Anderson. She plays Jenna, an anti-purge proponent and devoted to charitable causes who is accustomed to locking down on purge night. Her choice to venture out for the first time leads to an encounter with violence that forces her to deal with deep truths about herself and her marriage. Um, Jenna, that's the one. I guess she's married to... Is that the guy, one that's married to Rick? I think so. I don't know, there's a married couple. I think that's who she is. There's like this married couple and they're trying to like start a, a business and, and I guess things are going really well. And they gotta, I guess, go to some kind of like elite purge party. 
because the elites in this like world are like you know they lock themselves down and they enjoy the rest of the world being destroyed kind of thing um, so I think they go to this party to raise funding or get some kind of funding. I don't know all the details of them. The married couple thing, it's actually one of the least um, interesting stories to follow, truthfully. I mean, they got some kind of love affair with this other girl. Um, I don't know what's going on. <laughs> anyway, let's go on. Jessica Garza plays Penelope. Now, that's the sister of um, Miguel's character, the one he's looking for. And she's joined a cult. Um, she's part of this purge-worshipping cult. They all wear like, these blue outfits, and they go out in this blue bus on purge night, and they basically sacrifice themselves for, um, I guess, their god or whatever to be free. I don't know. And uh, that's a pretty interesting idea. It's a cult that's willing to kill themselves, but one of them on purge night decides to have second thoughts, and she's like, no, I don't want to go through with it. But it's too late. They throw off the bus, and she gets murdered. And um, I think when the next episode comes around, episode three, it'll be time for um, Penelope. It'll be her turn to purge. So we'll see what happens. Uh, Amanda Warren, she plays Jane, a dedicated, hardworking finance professional who's convinced that she has hit an unsurmountable glass ceiling at her firm. So she hires a purge assassin. Spoilers. <laughs> uh, we kind of knew this was coming, right? Um, this is the lady. She works in the office. She's like the vice president whatever she is um she's got this boss who seems like he's just a, a, a d-head um he hits on anything that moves he's a kind of very very sleazy type character the kind you probably wouldn't miss if he did get purged truthfully and um you know she's not going any further in the company probably because she doesn't want to sleep with this guy and that's not a good thing but it's definitely a reflection of what's going on in hollywood and i think that's what a lot of this show is it's a reflection of what's going on in the country in its own weird way um, so yeah, that's about the basics of it. Um, last week we met a new character, um, according to Wikipedia, his name is Joe. We didn't get his name yet, but it's played by Lee Turgeson, and he, he wears this armored outfit, he's, um, he's masked, he, I think he's a vigilante, trying to step in and stop purges, so, uh, we'll see what happens with his character in the next episode as well, I'm assuming, because it kind of left with him intervening. Alright, so uh, that's it. Nothing else to add to that. Go check out The Purge. It airs on USA. Or you could do like I did and buy the whole season. I think it was like $7, $8 on Amazon. So not a terrible price to pay. And I'm enjoying the show for what it is. And uh, with that being said, I'm going to wrap up this episode. So thanks again for joining me as always. And until the next time we put out one of these. See you later, guys. Peace out.